The Late Night Lemonade Thoughts podcast as a whole is broken down into seasons. Season one is broken down into six phases, starting with building the foundation. In phase one, we'll talk about everything from setting clear goals to the skills symphony and diversifying those goals in different skills within business. Welcome back. As we continue our journey through phase one of building the foundation, this week we are on week three, navigating feedback for growth. And we have 10 talking points. Um, Our first one is the power of perspective. Our second one, constructive criticism versus destructive criticism. Our third one, embracing constructive criticism. So we're going to talk a little bit about the difference and then how to embrace constructive criticism. Our fourth one, feedback as fuel for innovation. Our fifth one, cultivate a feedback culture. Sixth, um, active listening skills. Seventh, setting clear feedback goals. Eighth, feedback versus validation. Ninth, feedback loops for continuous improvement. And tenth, celebrate success and learn from failures. And then wrap it up with a conclusion. Sound good? Perfection. Sweet. Okay. Um, I have some news for you first before we start. I don't get to share my fun fact right away. No, we're going to start with Jerry's news. Jerry's life news update. On the air, okay. Well, yeah. I just think it's, yeah. But I don't know any of this yet? You know a degree of it. Oh, okay. So you know how we've been talking about... I feel like you're very good at keeping secrets from me because you just spiel all the time. So I'm like, I don't know how to take this right now. This one you don't know. Okay. You know the backstory, but you don't know the action. Okay, cool. Okay. So we've been talking about getting jobs. And I mentioned that I might just do Target in the middle until I figure out what I want. Yeah. So I met with them today in person. I tried going yesterday. They weren't there, so I left them my phone number, and then they called me yesterday night. Or no, I met, I called them on, what's today, Earlier Thursday? this week, yeah. I called them on Tuesday. They called me back Wednesday, and we set up a meeting for today. I went at 1 o'clock, so like an hour and a half ago, and we sat down with HR and the store director. Um, and it looks like I'm going to transfer for the semester, um, and I learned how to negotiate for a pay raise. And it happened? They're talking to their HRBP, which is business, their HR business partner, Were which they, is like the next level up from HR in right. the store. Yeah, right, right. So they have to look through it because I'm an on-demand team member, and on-demand team members don't get evaluated like yearly evals because right. you just don't work. Like I only worked three months out of the last year, yeah. um, so you don't qualify. So they have to look at um, how much I've worked in the past year, and then now that I'll be off on-demand and I'll be an active team member, Um, what they can do based on what I'm currently making and what the um, cost of living is here versus back home and then what they can do to, you know, maybe bump it up since I've been with the company for four years. Were they in line, like, were numbers talked about to get to this point? So were they I brought numbers up. Okay, and were they in line or were you kind of like, mm? No, so... You don't have to get specific. I'm just kind of curious how far off, you know. The starting rates back home is a dollar less than it is here. Yeah. So automatically I would get bumped up. Right. But I'm two cents, like through being there for three years and getting raises, I've like gotten my yearly raises, which are like nothing for part-time employees. And I'm two cents away from being at their um, starting rate. So I'll get an extra two cents that I'll get to take back when I go home, but right. I'm looking for more than the two cents. I asked because them, like, of, okay. what else can we do to bump it up maybe? Okay. So, Neat. we'll see. I've well, never negotiated. Yeah, I've never negotiated for like, a pay raise. Uh, 
weird that <laughs> I didn't know any of this was yeah. happening. Cause well, it happened not, so fast. Not that I know like every single second of mm. your life, but I knew it was odd that you just disappeared today. <laughs> it's funny though, because back at the career fair, Target showed up and they had a little booth. Right. And that's when I met the HR and the store director. And today was the first time I've talked to them since then. But they remembered everything that we talked about. And I remembered everything that we talked cool. about. And then it was really fun to reconnect. Right. So. And it was nice that they were very intentional. Yeah. No, about yeah. it. So. And they've already been in contact with my home target. Um, and I think part of it helps that my home target sent an email saying, is this permanent or is this just temporary because we want him back? <laughs> so I was like, yes, they want me back, which means I can like try and yes. level or leverage that yes. as a, a way to maybe get some more. That's so exciting. Some more pay. So potentially that might be something that I do coming up work out? as like a little, that's my side hustle to my other side hustle <laughs> to my regular job, which is school. So it's an extra way it's to make it. It's all part income. of the path. It, it all started after, um, financial management class when the professor got me flustered that I wasn't saving for retirement. <laughs> and it sent me into a spiral of, I need to start saving now, whether it's $20, whether it's $100 a month, whatever it is, just start now because it's going to like monetize over time. Yes. The so, domino effect. Yeah. Compound interest. If you don't know about it, learn about it. Okay. <laughs> Let's start. Yeah. I love all of that. Okay. So sorry. I'm smiling super big, which is no, it's going to be hard to talk about. <laughs> well, let's hear the fun fact. Mm. Let's add some more fun to it. Um, it has nothing to do with codes or anything. Good. Like, but it, we're, Fresh, we're freshen in, it up. We're entering the food category now. I'm owning that. Freshen. Freshen it up. Since I didn't own it on the first Ver day, mm -hmm. I'm going to own that one. Verbal TM. <laughs> um, I was, I don't know what even rabbit hole I was down, so there's no backstory to this. I'm just going to give it to you straight. Um that broken Kit Kats are a part of an actual Kit Kat. So like the middle of a Kit Kat, the wafer part, mm -hmm. are um, actually damaged goods from production, and then they ground them up and they put them as the wafers in the middle of Kit Kat. Really? So like the cocoa and sugar and all of that kind of thing. Um, I don't know a lot of depth into this, but I was like thinking about food made of food. Yeah. And there's like pretzels. Um that like they've been really innovative with like pretzels in general and like all the crumbs that come from it. They turned it into like breadcrumbs and like you can kind of like redoing. So you're eating a Kit Kat that was a Kit Kat and now is another Kit Kat. Yeah, yeah. Like so they're very, I like the mindset of like how do we reduce waste, reuse mm -hmm. what we have. Yeah. We're not recycling them, but you know what I mean? Like In a way. The sustainability yeah. side of things and being like cautious of not wasting good. I never food. would have guessed. Me neither. Because when you bite in. And then you look at the middle, it's perfectly layered wafers. Mm -hmm. So it's just all hollow, but you create them. Yeah. So yeah, there's my fun fact. I liked that fun fact. I enjoyed it. And I really I think wanted it's... to keep the codes thing up, but I think, <laughs> number one, it would get old, and number two, there's only so many things I can talk about when it comes to codes. Well, I think that one fits in with today's episode of feedback. You're going to tie my I'm going to try. Cats. I'm going to try. It's not going to be right away at the beginning, but there's one... Um, there's one of the talking points. Let me find that it. That you feel slightly confident that it'll work out. Yeah. Okay. It's the last one. Celebrate success and learn from failures. Oh, yeah. Or or it's number nine. Feedback loops for continuing. Well, no, that, that doesn't really fit. It's When I was doing the research for this episode and, like, writing out the outline, 
it like I came up with a lot of um, trying to find real world examples of when companies have failed mm -hmm. and gotten criticism and then implemented it. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of like, I guess it's more of an analogy that the Kit Kat was broken and failed. So they repurposed it and came up with a better product <laughs> or the same product. Okay. Does it make sense? I feel like it's a little far-fetched. Okay, I, I, knew, I know where you're going. We can cut it all out. Okay. <laughs> Number one, the power of perspective. We talked a lot about feedback on our last episode. Today, we're just going to jump into it a little bit more and more in depth. Um, so the power of perspective, feedback can come in one of three forms, positive, negative, or neutral. And no matter what form it comes in, feedback is always going to offer you new perspectives on the situation. Feedback is just a, like a bird's eye view almost of whatever is happening, whether it's a behavior or an action, um, whatever it may be. Perspective, an outside perspective from somebody else offers you a, a, a new perspective, like the bird's eye view, another way to look at what's happening. Yes. I, um, I pull in, I, I think my famous tagline is the foggers, right? Like sometimes our perspective gets foggy because we're just in it and we're submerged in it. And so the outside perspective you're talking about is it's nice just to get a different perspective sometimes. Um, and I'm trying to think of like a specific scenario, but when you're staring at something over and over and over, and then even when you walk away, do yeah. a lap, come back, you have an instant new perspective, mm -hmm. right? It's kind of just how our brain works Yeah. as well. Yeah, stuff that you might have looked at a million times and then in a new light, it, you'll probably look at it different and that's how it's going to benefit you. Right. right? And I um, I think this could tie back to last week feels like so long ago, um, but like having the optimistic versus pessimistic approach. Yeah. And so I'm a big optimistic and so like mm -hmm. I always have that perspective and I think they also call it like the realist realists versus dreamers okay. like have you heard that like yeah. people who are like the dreamers and they don't think practical versus people who like are more on the facts and stuff i think that's great tie into perspective too is just like how we view things right and mm -hmm. furthermore if you think you're gonna have a bad day and that's all you can think of are how many bad things that are happening to you all the time you're just going to keep having a bad day or that's going to be your outlook but if you have the perspective of no it's fine or i'm going to yeah. be okay or let's change this or how do i change it um yeah, perspective is so interesting. I just kind of went down a little mental rabbit hole of, like, how do we <laughs> even get it, right? Like, yeah. does it go to yeah. our environment? Mm -hmm. um, anyways, yeah. Yeah, perspective is powerful. That's yes. mostly what I can sum it up to. Yes. Um, yeah, seek seek other people's perspectives to help better yourself or whatever you might be creating, the service or the product that you're trying to create and, and work with in the world. Um Okay, number two, constructive criticism versus destructive criticism. I, when I was researching this, I had never really heard of destructive criticism defined as that, but after reading about it, it's so yeah. very true. Right. I was going to say, it's com please tell me yeah. it's elementary no, to you. It's, okay. Yeah, it's common sense, but I've yeah. never heard the term destructive criticism. Yeah. Um, so just to kind of define it, constructive criticism, and we'll dive into this on the next um, talking point, which is about embracing constructive criticism. But overview, constructive criticism aims to promote and innovate, promote innovation, growth, and development, whereas destructive criticism aims to belittle, demoralize, or undermine an individual, right. which makes a lot of sense, yep. but I've never thought about it this yeah. way. Or I feel like it's just not in our verbiage. You yeah. know, like it's one of those things that people are like, you're just so critical or you're just giving me criticism we don't really identify. And I also think then that's why we believe criticism 
um, we take it wrong, mm-hmm. which is kind of what we touched on last week, like how we take it, the tone that you use ap- yeah. with the approach. Um, and so I like that you called these out because um, constructive criticism is something to promote the growth and like how can you get better, right? You need that crucial feedback to know where you need to go or what right. the vision needs to look right. like. But then destructive is it's basically – it's just rude. I'm sorry. Like that's the yeah. word I have is like, you don't ever need to belittle somebody. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, I kind of gave the example example of teacher evals. Like you yeah. can say a not nice thing in kind of a kinder way. Right. So mm-hmm. you're still giving con- um, criticism, just be more constructive and don't be destructive about it. Yeah. In American sign language, when I was in high school, we learned how to sign and well, we were learning how to sign in the fourth year. We learned more of these bigger terms, um, uh, and this is how you say like belittle you or like belittle me. Oh. And like it like you like you get tiny. Yeah. Not that anyone's Reminds gonna be able to see pa- my handshake no, that I, I just made. It looked but... like the Pac Man if anyone needs yeah, a visual. Yeah. It's like doot, but yeah. 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 I got you. Um Yeah, destructive criticism is usually delivered um in a negative way and yeah. it's lacking the specific specif- I can't say that word. Specificity. There we go. Specificity. Kind of. Sounds good. Okay, the specificity. You're <laughs> that was so wrong. Pers- you're talking to a person who makes up <laughs> words literally all the time. Well, either way, lacking in specifics and attacks the person rather than the behavior or the action yeah. itself. It's most often, um, it's, it's poorly timed usually. So maybe somebody's having a bad day and they just outlash. And that's like the poorly yeah. timed aspect of it, which I feel like we've all been on the receiving end of a poorly timed um destructive criticism or like constructive criticism but it was given at a poor time so it came out as destructive criticism um and so i feel like we all can kind of sympathize with what that feels like and what that looks like in our lives um it's usually vague um or delivered when negative emotions are high like like i just said um if someone's having a bad day they're probably more likely to say negative things and give you constructive criticism in a destructive way which we never want to do. Right. T- take your moment. So yeah. Sit down, hang out, take your moment, regroup, get back up. Don't be that person. And everyone has bad days. I so, know. like, be self-aware. Yeah. Emotional intelligence. Go. That's our little, like, plug-in. Just yeah. be kind. Be nice, right. please. Yeah. Because what an old saying is so relevant. Like, treat others the way you want to be treated. The golden rule. Yeah. Like, we get told that growing yeah. up all the time. And then for some reason, we, like, struggle with it. Mm-hmm. And it's just mind-boggling to me that... It's like we need self-awareness of just, like, sit down, relax, you know, don't be destructive. Right. And then come back after you regroup. Like, yeah. I think we need to get better at just taking moments kind mm-hmm. of thing. I think so, too. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. Just take a breath. Yeah. Take- <laughs> exactly. There. Everybody can take a breath with me on the podcast. <laughs> okay. Number three. Wait. Right? Yeah. yeah. Number three. Hue and counting. I should really put numbers next to the headings instead of dashes. I think you should just dashes. not count. Like last week, we were off Just say one. next, next, yeah. next. Okay. Next up. <laughs> embracing. Remember, that's why we're in business and not math. <laughs> <laughs> I guess so. Um, okay. Either way, I know it's number three. Number three, embracing <laughs> constructive criticism. Um, so we just we just separated constructive criticism versus destructive criticism and kind of dissected what destructive criticism looks like. So now let's look at constructive criticism and how that can actually benefit us yes. um, in our daily lives. So criticism is far from being a setback. And this is really what we talked about a lot on the last podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not a setback. It's not a failure. It's an opportunity for growth and for development. 
And then in parentheses, I said, see last episode. I like that. <laughs> I like that um, added to my notes. <laughs> I know. So that's, that's my plug in. If you want more on constructive criticism, go listen to all of last week's episode because it's going to dive into it a lot more. Um, but we have four, well, no, we have five points. Wow. I really can't I count. You just stop counting. <laughs> we have five points to talk about here. Um, the next one is when criticism presents, presents itself, take the time to explore the feedback that you're receiving and then learn from it. Mm-hmm. And I think this looks different. Well, it's everywhere in life, first of all, but it can look different from being in corporate America, like from what you're, you've experienced in corporate America to what I experience as like teacher feedback on homework or on tests. Oh, yes. That's, yeah. I like the comparison. So take that feedback and actually use it. Um, constructive criticism is going to be delivered with care and respect and is focused on specific actions or behaviors that need the development. Um, anything you want to say? No, constructive criticism. I, um, I really like that point on you just compared two different things because also you need to know your audience, like how you're going to get, um, constructive criticism in a, like a, a PDP, like a development plan or your performance review is going to be dramatically different than you misformatting a paper that you turned in from a professor, right? Yeah. Um, So obviously situational, like everything is in life, but how we embrace it, um, it just makes us better. And I think the thing, as long as you learn from it or ask the further question, like sometimes I give feedback and then number one, students don't do it. And then they're like, well, what am I doing wrong? I'm like, did you see the feedback? Mm -hmm. Like, did you take it into account? Or number two, I'll provide feedback. And then they're still left field. So I'm like, it's also a communication Mm -hmm. thing is my plug when I um, think of like embracing constructive criticism, which kind of goes back to my tone spiel, but like communicating it properly as well. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, Absolutely. Could you imagine like opening up a homework assignment and be like, this paper is dot 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 not good yeah versus like hey you had some very valid points here you might want to consider researching this topic further and reevaluate the structure that you had right i think there's i think there should be something called the teacher tone I feel like every time I look at an assignment and I read the feedback there's a tone that I hear in my in, your voice. in my head yeah. of like there's we should call this like the teacher tone. Yeah. When you give constructive criticism, give it like a teacher, the teacher tone. Use the teacher tone. I like it. Cuz I think the teachers are always going to be positive about yeah. it cuz they just want you to succeed. And they should be. Right. I mean Unless you get a bad teacher. The, okay. Don't let them ruin your day, though. Don't call them that. But in case we don't get a teacher that aligns with um, how we learn and our learning style. Yeah. Um, but, yes, I, I, I agree. Um, side note quick. There's a thing on how we submit homework and how I review homework mm-hmm. that you can actually give video feedback. And oh, really? I have had professors, like, do that. And I thought it would be, like, kind of odd right away. But I really like it because I can see body language. I can see yeah. how they're talking to me. I can see, you know, that they're very interested in, like, what I've completed. Yeah. So I actually really like it. I have not taken initiative and done that from the professor standpoint. Mm-hmm. But shout out to, like, the professors that do yeah. actually the video feedback. I didn't know that was a thing. Um, it's kind of really unique. And I really like it. So. Huh. Well, I look forward to the day <laughs> when I get a... Uh, feedback with a video. I have you in a couple just... classes, so maybe I, you know, we'll see where I can sprinkle it in. Okay. I just, you got to have the class size. Like the class yeah. I'm talking about is there's 12 kids in there, oh, right? Okay. So 
if anything, you got a minute long, that's 12 minutes of your time. Yeah. When I teach 100 freshmen, I don't exactly have 100. You don't have an hour and, and I would have to do that. I mean, have you heard me talk? I can't wrap, <laughs> I can't wrap things up in a minute. I'd be yeah. going on to the point where like students that's would fair. be, and then they can cut you off. That's the other thing. Like if I'm just going on and on and on, they can just stop my video. And then I'm like, well, did you listen to the whole video? It's like, no, because you went left field 88 <laughs> times. That <laughs> is a fair point. I think that would happen. Yeah. <laughs> no right? offense to you, but I think that that's exactly how it would go. Um, especially if it's somebody I like have a personal relationship <laughs> yeah, of, yeah. you know, remember that one time, like talking through the screen, mm -hmm. this reminds me of that one chat that we had and tie it back to that and... <laughs> Anyways. Here's how you can implement it from what I've seen you do in this area of your life. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Too much. Yeah. But anyways. Okay. Well, fourth point under embracing constructive criticism is the point of constructive criticism is to help somebody realize their potential. Yes. And then empower them to grow and develop. And constructive criticism isn't a way to belittle someone. It's not how you, like you don't pound somebody down. First, you yeah. shouldn't pound anybody down. But that's not what constructive criticism yeah. is doing. It's helping them realize their potential. You're just helping them take a new perspective into their own life and like look at the open road ahead. Right. And give them room for growth. Yeah. Because yeah. when you belittle people, you're also putting them in a different different mm -hmm. mental spot of the can't like yeah. mentality, right? Like, well, I cannot do this good. Man, mm -hmm. like I've tried this 50 times and I still can't get it right. Um, that kind of mentality, which we don't want to end up in as well. So. Yeah. Okay. So I'm going to give a way to deliver constructive criticism. Yeah, I was going to say, what's the three? Have you heard of it? I think I have, but not like where I could sh teach you right okay. now. So teach me. The three by three rule. Um, it's built around the notion that people cannot work on more than three areas of oh. improvement at once. Yeah. So when you give your constructive criticism, um, they should always be balanced with, uh, when you're giving it, make sure it's a good tone and like positive statements. Um, but you do it in groups of three. So you pick three mm -hmm. areas or like I've heard people say, um, sum up their performance in three words and give them those three words. And then you can elaborate in a, like a one-on-one -on -one meeting on each one of those three right. words, because it's hard to do more than three at once. And it's just what studies have shown. And information overload mm -hmm. happens, right? And I think if you have too much information, like if you get to information overload and when it's constructive criticism, then you start to shut down and you're like, oh, there's another thing you don't like about what I'm doing or I failed in another yeah. area. Such a good point to bring in. And yeah. I, on a personal note, that happens like with our friends or family a lot, I think, right? Sometimes it's like, okay, I can't win today. Yeah. Or on a broader scale of the three by three, um, I think your day as a whole. So sometimes like if something happens at school and then something happens at your work and then mm -hmm. something happens in your relationship and you're getting all of this criticism, like I'm sure you've yeah. had those days where it's yeah. like, man, I cannot win. Yeah. Um, so I feel like the three by three rule is very valid because it does kind of kick you down and mm -hmm. it hurts when you just keep hearing all of those things and you can't digest it. Yeah. Like you don't make them digestible. So. so for all those leaders and managers out there, <laughs> embrace the three by three rule when you're giving <laughs> constructive criticism yes. or just evaluations in general. Um, okay. Our next point to talk about is feedback as fuel for innovation. So what does this look like? This looks like um, businesses every day taking in feedback to use it to help them develop in areas of their market. So this is when I think of this, I think of like surveys that are yes. printed on receipts. And, and you like, know, surveys are my favorite. Sorry. I just... And nobody takes them seriously. Like I've seen like most people just throw them away. They just select few. And I would like to say that I am semi part of that select few group. 
I will do it sometimes and I won't do it other what's times. Your, what's your incentive? Sorry, I'm going to cut you off. What's your incentive? I will always fill out a Chick-fil-A survey because when it gives chi- me a free, free sandwich. sandwich. So you need the kickback. Or if I like the company and like I genuinely yes. am okay. happy with my service. Okay, fair. So, okay. or like if I walk into a store and it's the first time I've been there and they want me to do a review, like they say there's a survey you can yeah. take at the bottom of their seat. That's kind of a hit or miss. Like, I don't know if I'll ever be back here, but also you might have been really nice to me and then I'm, I want to give you the good review because I really did enjoy being here. And But then I'm most more likely to come back. So it's kind of like a give and take or like a, a 50-50. Sometimes I do, sometimes I don't. <laughs> but um, yeah, there's a select few. But those businesses really value the information you put on those, like the Thank surveys. Thank you for saying um, that. Yes. And so you should, I encourage everyone, including myself, to take the surveys chair you need to also do better not only when there's an incentive but just help these businesses because if if you're dissatisfied definitely take the survey because then they're more likely to listen to what feedback you give them and then they're going to improve and then you'll be satisfied the next time you go there and if you are satisfied yet again definitely Mm -hmm. take it because then you're just going to help them understand what they're doing right share the happy moments exactly share your small wins and from share cu- your small wins. I was going to see if it's like a SSSS and then you could do like the, the four S's. Share your small wins. It's not though. Um, well, now you made me lose my train of thought with your acronym Sorry. nonsense. No, it's fine. Um, I just, I love surveys. Mm-hmm. I mean, I have a whole lecture designed around surveys and yeah. evaluations. So this is right up my alley. I'm not saying I'm picture perfect and mm-hmm. I do every single one. Um, but I definitely, I just enjoy them. And I think it's because of my business mindset. Like I know what that information is used for. Like yeah. I understand. When you're on the other side, you know how valuable but, it is. Yes. And so it's like, I think that gives you a little nudge too when you are on that other side or you know somebody that is. Um, because it does get... Okay. It also gets a little like um, frustrating when it's always pushed at you, right? Yeah. Like I get that there's got to be a happy medium. So like um, I'm going to pick on TJ Maxx, for example, okay. like there's a survey for that one. And then like they do a monthly drawing of like some sort of gift card. And I think it's kind of dramatic. It's like okay. either $100 or $1,000. I know that's oh, wow. really different like number wise. I just remember that's always seeing. huge difference. I know, but I always just see the one and then the zero. So it's like, I can't remember. Okay. Um, obviously, I've never won. But my point here no, is. Obviously, otherwise you wouldn't know. You'd be like, oh, shoot, just 100 Or you'd be like, holy crap, $1,000. <laughs> yeah, and I don't want to mislead information there. But my point to this story is I'm a frequent shopper there. Mm-hmm. And so I don't do the surveys like every single time. Sure. But like I will do them like probably more often than the average customer. Mm-hmm. I am not going to admit on this podcast how often I do them because then it would show my shopping <laughs> habits. But my point being is there is like, it's kind of an overall thing mm-hmm. I do. And you know, it's the same feedback from the same person. So I take that into consideration because I'm like, well, am I skewing data? Because it's just my perspective. Like, you know, I thought the bathrooms were clean last time, but this time they were not so great. You know, <laughs> so it's like just yeah. the insider having all this information, but um, incentives, I just think companies found out that's what works. And mm-hmm. they know that if you give the kickback and something so small, I was yeah. actually thinking about this last night because we stopped and got Chick-fil-A. Yeah. Um, I didn't use my free meal oh, with my card yeah. because I like kind of, I kind of forgot about it. Mm-hmm. Um, but Point being is I saw a lot of other students there that also get to That didn't trigger like Wednesday, Chick-fil-A day? No, because I saw them after we ordered. Oh, okay. We were like, we were were the early birds. I see. Okay. Okay. Um, But I thought about all of those kids, how many of those students Mm -hmm. get a free sandwich on Wednesday, do the survey, and you could get two free Chick-fil-A sandwiches a week. Yeah. 
you know, like a lot bougie on a budget right there. A lot of meals. When guess what? Sorry. No, I was just gonna say students don't have a lot of cash, so I'm like, that's how you need to be. If you want to eat out, you have to use, you know, the person. Not only is that helping you and benefiting you, but again, you're like benefiting the company then Mm -hmm. as well. Yesterday, I was talking to John because I haven't gotten to go this semester because every Wednesday I've just been too busy to go, and I was really bummed about it yesterday. And John was telling me that he went, and he goes, "Yeah, they didn't charge me for my fries, so they only charged me for the drink. So I got my entire meal for like two ninety five. I was like, what? I really needed to go today if they had the newbie work." (laughs) okay so i have a little insider backstory she was in training because okay i was um i don't overly be nice to them just to be like fake but i try to make them like as relaxed as possible so Mm -hmm. she had a cute like claw clip in and i kind of just mentioned it i'm like hey i like your claw clip and she like just smiled but i noticed on her badge it said her name and then like in employee in training um it's okay, Chick-fil-A girl, if you accidentally gave away fries for free you're as just, well. You're getting more people to come back because now Word of John's going to come back and now I want to come back. <laughs> and I just told Professor M, so she's probably going to come back. You just got three customers off of one free fry. Yeah. I mean, I so, don't use my discount. Well, there you go. You get should, even more money for the yeah, company then. <laughs> Way to go in training, lady. <laughs> Anyways, uh, yes. Um, yeah, surveys are just... Uh, they're so underrated. That's all I have left on that topic. Yeah. As in from the consumer point of view, business, mm-hmm. you know, point of view, like we rely on them so heavily. Yeah. Yeah. And they're valuable. Also, my little sh- plug in here is you can't complain if you're not a part of the solution. So okay. not saying that they're going to know like, hey, I see Jer from blah, blah, blah state did this and like he's super important to us and that kind of thing. But if you keep complaining about something and you're not even going to try to be a part of the solution. And I usually get my friends on that one. I'll be like, did you fill out the survey? Did you fill out like their eval afterwards? You know, like flying is a good example. If you had a bad experience, Delta has no clue who you are, number one, but they are going to read that survey Mm -hmm. because they go through them for quality control. So if they change, that's another thing. So that's, that's my thing that I'm always like, you can't complain if you're not going to at least try and attempt to be a part of a solution. Mm-hmm. So, Yeah, I like that. Okay, well, moving Neat. ahead yes. to the next one, whatever number we're on, is <laughs> cultivating a feedback culture. This one really excited yes. me because I never really thought about a feedback culture in the workforce, and I haven't been in corporate America, but does this exist? Like a regular feedback culture that's like positive and not negative, yeah. apart from raises? <laughs> I feel like it would be positive when it's like review time and you might get a raise, but... Um, okay, well, raises aren't the only thing that comes out of reviews. Um, teacher disclaimer right there. But uh, <laughs> yes, it is. Um, I will say that... Um, there's a couple different angles and I won't like overly lecture, but one thing that popped into my head is there's something called like Mm one-on-ones. So where you meet with your boss um, and, or whoever leads you, whatever, however you want to view that point, um, just for a set amount of time, however often you need. So it could be like once a week, once every two weeks, once a month, just like a Mm -hmm. touch in. And that's what this um, topic kind of makes me think of is because one-on-ones are designed for your manager um, to, truly understand like your perspective or what's going on what's your workload look like and that is a time to provide feedback then like within this small meeting which Mm -hmm. might be anywhere from a half hour to an hour um and so that creates a culture of people being okay 
to like actually bring stuff up because I witnessed that like different generations um, view feedback differently. Like, you know, there's a certain generation and we'll call them out, but you just sit down, you be quiet and you don't ask questions and mm-hmm. don't tell anything. Right. It's not they, my generation. <laughs> nope. And so <laughs> they're not going to be as inclined or, you know, open to this yeah. one-on-one idea of like, wait, I'm c- getting called into like my manager's office and they mm-hmm. want me to talk like there's all these like hidden alternative motives sometimes people question so i also think it's the perspective you t- took i love one-on-ones um i still do i don't get them as much from like the perspective but my obviously career looks a lot different than what i did before yeah um so where i was before i did them every two weeks and i had would have like a list i was like known as like the agenda person and mm. it was more so like everything like you brought a list to your own one-on-one yeah because that's the point of them Interesting. like you're the one that's running and constructing that meeting your manager's just there to provide you feedback solutions or like assistance if you need help so i would go they've really changed since <laughs> since whenever that was <laughs> uh, i'm not trying to make you feel old but no. that's not what a one-on-one looks like for me really <laughs> yeah well, i wouldn't come with an agenda i'd sit down and i would like let my manager be like okay so probably they'd ask so me like how's it going like all right so see First of all, it's, I'm not going to say your personality, but (laughs) it kind of is like, I'm going to come in there with a plan because when I was pitched the idea of one-on-ones, that's what I understood. It was employee engagement and employees having a voice. So I'm like, all right, my voice is going to be heard. I'm excited for Mm -hmm. this, right? Um, There's, and there's different forms of one-on-one too. So like, let's not all put them in one category. I should put that out there too. Like it depends what works best for your organization. But the ones I was a part of, it was employee um, driven and like you took the initiative. Like, I mean, I had colleagues that would go in there for 15 minutes and they're like, I just don't have anything to say, but they weren't taking the opportunity to utilize those one-on-ones. It's like a survey. Would you look at that? (laughs) And so I don't know. It just, I also think that goes into career outlook and goals. So like Mm -hmm. I would go in there with so many questions sometimes as in like, just process improvements or like I would go in there with my late night thoughts of, Hey, I thought we should do this this way. Like, what do you think of that? Am I Mm -hmm. totally left field or are you like, Mm -hmm. are you on like hopping on the train with me? Um, so a feedback culture to get back to the point, um, Yes, they're out there. They look differently. I don't have a lot of different examples. I can just tell you what I've been a part of. But I do know it's obviously, quote unquote, a thing right now. And people, um, people, employees have a louder voice than they ever had before, even though you might not feel like it sometimes because I do, I get the reality side. Mm -hmm. um, But I don't, um, I think companies are trying to embrace a culture where they want the empowerment of employees to feel like, hey, I have a voice. Like I I have a part of this, right? Mm -hmm. So. All right. Well, I'll just sum it up then because I think we dove into it and dissected it really well. That was that one was all you. Okay, here's what I'll say. Um, if you're the manager or you're in leadership position, it's important to cultivate a feedback culture where people aren't afraid to be evaluated, but mm-hmm. rather they are engaging. So like you said, they're coming with the agenda and they're engaging in that feedback because it's very easy to adopt the mindset of feedback being a bad thing Mm -hmm. and just somebody or something to hate. Um, Example of this, I despised student-teacher conferences. Not because I was necessarily a bad student, because, I mean, I was a pretty average student, but just sitting there and listening to the teacher talk about how you are in class Mm -hmm. and how you're doing, didn't like them. Maybe if I, like had a different environment or like they were presented to me differently, I would have... Even in your Montessori days? 
Those are those were different though. I'm talking in high school. Okay, that, I Montessori. Need, I needed to know the yeah. difference, and that's why I kind of called okay. you out because I was like, I just don't feel like that's the environment. No, I yeah. feel like they would be pro. Yeah. Like the Montessori, feedback. like the environment of a Montessori teacher student teacher conference is much different than just a public school. You okay. go, and when I was in my Montessori ones, I would get to demonstrate in front of my parents what I'm learning. So if we were doing, like, long division, I'd go grab the material off the shelf, and I'd sit down, and we'd work through a problem, and I would, like, get to show yes. my parents. And I was excited for those. Right. Right? Now, or not now, in high school, parent-teacher conferences where you'd go to your six different subject classrooms, you sit down with your teacher for, like, 10 minutes or 15, however long it was, and they would just talk they about... They have, like, a laundry list. They'd pull out your grade. They'd pull out your attendance. Yeah. They'd pull out, um, I don't know what else. Cause like, I, remarks. I like, how, you're, how yeah. you're doing in class, what you're right. doing in class, where you can improve. Mm -hmm. And that was just, like, ugh to me. Ugh. I didn't I didn't like those ones. Um, not that I was a bad student or anything. I was, I'd say I was a pretty average student. Um, but, yeah, I didn't like my student-teacher conferences. And I think if they're presented in a different way to students they might be taken more seriously. That was my best example I'm shaking I could come my up head with. really fast at your... <laughs> Just because I'm, I'm in agreement with yeah. all of that. And we're also um, implementing or instilling, I guess, like what it looks like to children at a younger age. So when you think about that and how that correlates to like mm -hmm. your work life, if that's what you're used to in high school, like your expectations not differently. Like, right. And I had that same experience you did right yeah. like I went to public school my whole life but like that's the vibe I had and so then my corporate career um it looked a little different in different places yeah but I don't sometimes people would ask me like why do you like do the agendas or like how do you get so confident like going in there with stuff and like bringing this up or why do you walk into somebody's office and not like schedule a meeting first I'm like well first of all the door's open second of all like they're <laughs> supposed to be leading this team so in my head I'm just and those came from yeah. my college days, which you can heavily relate to, right? Like you just walk into my office. It's mm -hmm. like I'm trying to like instill that in people that that is the norm. That is what the norm should, should be, be yeah. instead of, you know, walking on your tiptoes and kind of thing. So yeah. I just wanted to make that comparison that sometimes how we like do things throughout our life, that's why we just feel like it's normalized because nobody asks questions or we don't like really evaluate it, right? Yeah. Until somebody teaches us differently. So. Yeah. Um. Last thing to wrap it up is just if you're in the leadership or the management role, take the time to implement and cultivate this positive culture of seeking feedback for growth. Yes. Right? For growth. Time, right? Don't be destructive. Be constructive. <laughs> Don't be destructive. Yeah. Okay. I counted, and that was five, which means it's hot take break time. And I'm going to use numbers next time because I was going to keep going. But then I, when you were talking, I went back and I counted. I was like, no, we have to take a, a hot take break at five. So let's take a break, and then we'll come back with our hot take. All right, what's our hot take, Jer? This one I can't hype up as much because it's not the greatest hot take. But I don't know. I actually don't know okay, where you're going to fall. You need to have a lot more confidence because we're trying to, like, you know, tell No, our... it's going to be good. Okay. I'm just telling you. I feel like, like there's just a lot of disclosure, so, that's you know. That's the hype of it. Okay. I try and, like, I either try and hype it up to where I know you're going to be on the other side or I hype it up to, like, maybe it won't be as good. <laughs> just give it to me. Pop-Tarts are overrated. I, I'm 100% you. You're on my side? Have you met me on how I eat? Well, yeah, but I don't know about when you were younger. 
Like, did no. you eat Pop Tarts? Oh, okay. absolutely not. I didn't either. We, I was not in that tax bracket. <laughs> Okay, well, maybe that's why. Maybe you got to be in a tax bracket to enjoy Pop-Tarts. Just say it. It's a luxury. I was talking about the taste, if, not if the you, price. If you know, well, you can't taste it unless you can afford it. So if Suppose you, that's true. If you know, you know kind of thing yeah. for any of the listeners that just related to my comment mm-hmm. of like, we were not in that tax bracket. I, yeah. was, I was a cereal, cereal kid yeah. through and through. Um, I, I never, I'm... I never got into, like, the gooiness of, like, food. I know that's a weird way to describe mm-hmm. it, but I don't want something crunchy and then put, like, goo in the middle. So, I don't know. But I know people really like their Pop-Tarts toasted. Yeah, I've done it both ways, and they're just not good to you me. You can't. This makes they're dry. Okay. When you toast them, they're dry. And when they're not toasted, they're, like, they, you have to chew a lot. It's like <laughs> okay. gum almost, and you just keep chewing because it's not... It's not warm and if crunchy. If I knew that, maybe I could find some, like, healthier Pop-Tarts to try because yeah. I'm not going to just go buy Pop-Tarts because mm. of all the gunk in the them. garbage, you know. Um, no offense to anybody that eats Pop-Tarts. Yeah, but. I was trying to tiptoe around that one. Um, but I have to actually pedal back on my goo comment. Toaster strudels are, like, one of my guilty pleasures hmm. when... Those we had those growing up once in yeah. a while, and I could like eat a whole box that there's six of them in a box, and I would like demolish it in like two days. You know what I'm talking about with like the frosting on top? You put them in. Those aren't pop tarts. Uh, I'm gonna look it up because what know? I'm imagining is not. Yeah, like. Oh, this is I've had this before. <laughs> okay. I've had them. I don't know if I eat them again, but. The strawberry cream cheese yeah. ones. Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. With the icing on top. Do you, yeah. do you cook them? Usually they come frozen, don't yeah, they? Yeah, and then you put them in the toaster. Okay, that's what I thought. I've stocked them at Target a million times. <laughs> They're actually one of my favorite products to stock on the shelf because they fit so nicely. And it's just, it's nice. <laughs> Shout out to Toaster Strudel for having <laughs> right. good product but, <laughs> dimensions. Yeah. I don't know. Um, it's very Pop-Tarty. Yeah, but it's not. No, but don't, it is. no, don't do the comparison. What you were just describing is everything that a toaster strudel is not. Okay, well, pop tarts are overrated. If we That's had like final. you know kitchen utensils in here, we could do a taste test. Yeah, like a testing situation. <laughs> I haven't had a toaster strudel though, probably in a decade. Hey, it's just like, like that's why like years. it was a guilty pleasure like back in the day kind of yeah. thing, like when we got them and we didn't get them a lot. And then it's like we would just demolish the box. Yeah. But all right, on to active listening skills because yeah, I, don't number know, six. I don't know how else we can make a transition from <laughs> toasters, strudels, and Pop-Tarts to yeah, listening. Yeah, there's none. There's none. So let's just hop into Kay. it. Number six is active listening skills. When receiving constructive criticism, we need to make sure we steer away from becoming dismissive close-minded or defensive we talked a little bit about it like if you're just getting berated with a bunch of different criticism all day long you're more than likely just going to shut down for the rest of the day yeah so trying to intentionally be active in your listening and not shut down when somebody comes with to you with constructive criticism because you have to understand that they're there to help you see your potential and your growth interesting spin does it make sense? No, it totally does. I just have a... I think I asked, does it make sense too much? It makes me seem unconfident. I think it makes amazing sense, and I'm confident in it. I don't think it I makes... I need to make sure I explained it in a way that you makes just... sense. 
no, I don't. Okay, we're going to focus on that for a second. Um, people do that to validate that their audience is listening and or the person they're talking to. So it means okay. you're trying to counteract engagement as in I like see. you're trying to make sure I am engaged. So it doesn't make you sound, I think, maybe how you approach it. Like I'm all about tone lately. Um, but like I do it in class. Yeah. I'm always like, thumb, right? I'm like thumbs that up. Makes sense. Yeah. yeah, thumbs up, head nods, like give me something. Because if not, then it's kind of your responsibility to get clarity. Yeah. So, so, but I have okay. a, I have a, okay. I have two cents on active listening after you have okay. your next tidbit. Okay. Yeah. Cause yeah. Do you see what I put as the third one? No, I do, but it yeah. has nothing related to that. Oh, okay. Well, that'll be your time to shine. The second point under active listening skills is that these traits of being dismissive, close-minded or defensive are only going to hinder your growth and your development. And if this happens, you're more likely to end up in this continuous downward spiral of receiving criticism and then not implementing it because you're just close-minded to it. And then you get criticized again because there was no change. And mm-hmm. then you get you don't do any implement, implementation of it again. And then it goes back and forth and back and forth and you just spiral downward. Of yes. You get criticized, not criticized. You get criticism constructively, hopefully, <laughs> not not the other kind. Shoot, not dismissive. What's it called? Destructive. There we go. Not the destructive criticism. I was going to let you work through that one. Um, But constructive criticism. And then if you don't implement it, then you get it again. Then you don't do anything. You get it again. You just go down and down and down. Yeah. Okay, my third point is for M to recap how to deliver criticism in a respectful manner. And then she has something else to say. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. You're welcome. I feel like... like Professional introduction. (laughs) Handing over a mic kind of thing. Um... Well, I've already kind of recapped it like when you we did. started the episode, yeah. so I'm just going to allude back to that so you don't have to hear me say it twice. Um, but I promise you can deliver things in that are not so great and kind of a good way, right? Mm-hmm. And it, there's a difference between tippy-toeing over things and just not getting to the point and just being respectful. And that's what I always like try to share with my students is like, just take it with respect. Yeah. Like don't, you know, tiptoe, like you're not really saying what you want to say, just Make sure you have the respect. And then tone, which is should just be on a T-shirt of mine at this point because I just, I'm all about tone lately um, yeah. on the podcast and in my personal life and at work. Like I've, I feel like I've said the word tone about 10,000 times in the past month. So what I was going to say, though, tying into active listening is I like that you're calling it out from a constructive criticism, criticism standpoint, yeah. um, like continuing to listen because – you don't want to just like turn it off when somebody's like halfway through their spiel kind yeah. of thing. Um, but I was just going to say in general, active listening is just, uh, just such a good topic. You know how I feel about this because mm-hmm. it goes into being intentional. It goes into like, are you listening? Which is not the point of the points that we're trying to get across today. Yeah. But I do want to, I just wanted to appreciate that you called it out in a, like the criticism side of things um, because that's so true. But in general, if you're not a great active listener, my plea to everybody is to become a good active listener because 99.9% of communication problems comes from somebody not active listening because they either misheard and or they didn't hear at all or they don't understand and there's like a lot of stuff to that. So anyways, like I said, it was totally left field but on, on, on the mark at the same time. So I think it was good though. Okay, next up is setting clear feedback goals. So creating goals so that you can evaluate the progress made and then conduct a proper feedback meeting. This way you're not just giving feedback on anything and everything, 
but rather the feedback is pinpointed to an action, activity, behavior, etc. Yeah. You have something concrete that you're delivering. That way it's not vague like destructive criticism usually is. I'm just going to say this goes back to um, the SMART acronym. <laughs> yeah. Look at that. Yeah. Um, to an extent, right? You got to just make sure um, you're specific, if anything, right? And have the goals set in place, like mm-hmm. you said. So I don't, I honestly have nothing to add right there. Okay. Bravo. Tiny uh, claps. <laughs> <laughs> well, then I'll wrap it up. By setting goals, you're able to provide constructive criticism that is useful and effective, and it involves a call to action or next steps. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. Next up is feedback versus validation. This kind of goes back to, or this is similar when I'm was This is similar to when I was writing the outline to um, looking at constructive criticism versus destructive criticism. Mm-hmm. I've never looked at the difference between feedback versus validation, and it makes so much sense when you look at it from this kind of perspective. Mm-hmm. So there is a difference, first of all, between feedback and validation, and it's important to understand it. Takeaway one. Exactly. Takeaway number two is on feedback. Feedback is when you're given information about how well something or someone performed, which is then used as the basis for improvement. Number three, validation. Validation is the act, and this is all from the dictionary, by the way. I just pulled it from the dictionary and then paraphrased it. Nice call out. Yeah. Validation is the act of proving or affirming that a person's feelings or opinions are valid completely different. This has no basis for improvement. This is just affirming someone's feeling or opinion. Um, So giving and receiving feedback is the basis for growth, whereas validation is just the acceptance of somebody's feeling or opinion. What a good call. Um, I also appreciate giving credit where credit is due. Um, That just makes my... Shout out the dictionary. My teacher heart also happy. We forgot the book. Oh. We were going to, okay, we were going to start doing. We have a surprise for next time. Okay, I won't say anything. You got to, you got to keep them, you know, keep them coming back. <laughs> yeah, it involves a dictionary. A fun one, though. Don't make it sound boring. No, no, no. I just got so hype about it's a cute feedback and validation mar- dictionary definitions. <laughs> it's a cute little maroon book. <laughs> it's about a thousand pages or more. <laughs> um, anyways. We're not, we're not going to read the whole thing. <laughs> Absolutely not. Okay. Um, also, my book is coming on Friday. This is. Oh, good. This hasn't been talked about on the pod to the extent of my book troubles receiving. Yeah, um, and I had actually, issues. I got a notification today, so I wonder if it got delivered a day early and oh. kind of crossing my fingers, but it's now a month. Like I Since ordered, you ordered it? Yeah. Wow. And it's just like, I don't, I don't know if it just got last or... That's fair. How, it happens. I'm going to get... I don't know what happened, but yeah. like, I don't know. Anyways, happy news though. I looked on... Atomic Habits is almost at the residence. <laughs> Yes. Okay. And then it can at least be looked at and gone through and highlighted and starred and all the fun stuff. Sorry. Good. I'm excited. Um, enough book talk, but I think I was going to say something along the lines of feedback and validation. Um, I love that they used feelings and opinions um, because that's going to be my spiel of constructive criticism. Mm-hmm. No one's intentionally trying to hurt you. And so when we talk about feedback versus validation, um, validation and feelings go hand in hand, right? Like I want to validate you. I want to make sure you're seen, you're heard. That's a different conversation, right? It still needs to happen. Like Mm -hmm. I I respect your opinion. I see where you're at. Tell me about it, you know, kind of Mm -hmm. thing. But the feedback part, um, when we're doing constructive criticism and providing feedback, 
I don't like this tagline, but when people say it's nothing personal, I I began as I got older to like yeah. understand what they mean. It's like it is. I'm not trying to attack you. I'm trying to just provide you with some good feedback. Mm-hmm. Um, so good call out, and I liked that we got the actual definitions there too because that's just a good. Well, that's the paraphrased. Definition. No, but it's still it's just like a good reminder. Okay, like, just wanted to make sure that's not yes, the yeah. official definition. I know, but it's just like a good reminder yeah. to remember. Number yeah. one, like I said, there's a difference. Takeaway one, um, and to know what the difference is, right? Mm-hmm. So. Okay. Well, our ninth talking point, well, already on number nine. That's crazy. Is feedback loops for continuous improvement. So this kind of goes hand in hand with creating the feedback culture. Yes. So for leaders and managers, they should implement a feedback loop system after this culture of feedback is created and instilled. So this goes, oh, yeah, this goes hand in hand with setting goals, which shout out first episode, setting goals. (laughs) Go listen to it. It's, it's like our we... worst one out of the three that we've oh, made. Okay. It is. We're working on confidence here. No, no, no. That's just a fact. It. Mm, eh. You think this one is worse or the second one no, is worse? No, I just overly optimistic. I just, oh, okay. it's a learning curve and it was a well, stepping stone. I didn't say stone. it was bad. I just, out of the three. You just said it was the worst. You just. Out con- of the three. No, 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 no. <laughs> it's the worst out of the three we've made. And I view it as it was an opportunity to learn <laughs> from what where we need to go, what we need to do, how we need to change, how we need to okay. evolve, okay. what our goals look like, everything I that take we're kind this of preaching. Feedback in a positive way, and I will <laughs> take back my words. I'm just saying what we're trying to preach um, to our lovely audience and <laughs> listeners. Um, I don't think we should just be throwing out comments like that. We haven't that. talked about optimism that much yet. <laughs> I'll be optimistic by the time we get there. Oh, good. Uh, no, I'm mostly optimistic. No, I know you are. Yeah. I know you are. Uh, uh, sorry. All, all okay. good jokes. Okay. This goes hand in hand with our setting goals podcast or just setting goals in general. Um, when a goal is completed and when the goal is completed, then you can provide feedback and set a new goal, whether that new goal is just another stepping stone to get to the original, like, overarching yes. bigger goal, or maybe that goal was finished and now you have the next step to setting a completely new goal as the next right. step. Um, and this cycle will continue for all the goals until the goal is complete or until, you, I mean, you die. Okay, well. I don't know. What's the end of all goals like when does it end i feel like you're setting goals your whole life <laughs> i didn't know how to end that <laughs> that was not our best we're way. losing we're losing track of the end of the podcast today <laughs> it's been a day i don't even know how to come back <laughs> from that Jer. let's just move on then. Uh, no i have something to add i <laughs> just not for that okay. um okay so what i was going to say is when you made the comment regarding you're either it's a stepping stone to move on to the next step in your goal process or um, I'm paraphrasing, but uh, about kind of enhancing or changing that goal to make sure then that goal is complete, mm-hmm. right? Like there's two different versions there. Yeah. Um, I lectured on strategic management today, mm-hmm. um, strategic plan, sorry, strategic plan management. Um. And it talks about implementation, um, which is one of the steps. And then it's the control systems. Anyways, there's my short lecture. Thank you. Um, I, I talked on how we need to be okay with flexibility, and sometimes what we put on paper doesn't always work out. So that comment just, like, really, like, hit home yeah. because I just talked about this today about how um, you need to be okay being flexible, but, like, moving on to the next step if needed, when needed, 
but then also being okay with the flexibility. Some people just, you know, sit down and like stop trying to go forward if they're not going to the next step. So the loop comment feedback loop, it's okay to always have Mm -hmm. continuous feedback. Continuous learning. Episode two. (laughs) Go listen. (laughs) All right. What's our last next one? The last one, number 10 is always, we're probably going to, we have a, a history right now of ending with celebrating the progress. Yes. So I wonder if this will just continue. I might have to make it continue, but. I think it'll naturally continue. Okay, okay. I mean, you can like. Purposely. Put, put it into play. <laughs> I know, but I just think at this point, yeah. it just happens. Well, number 10, celebrate success and learn from failures. So celebrating the success that comes from feedback. This is what I talked about at the beginning of companies that have not done great, received feedback, maybe through surveys, hint, hint, fill out your surveys, <laughs> and then they implemented that feedback, and now they have su- succeeded from that. Um, this is what you're, you're meant to um, celebrate, is that when you get the feedback, you implement it, and it works, celebrate it. That's mm-hmm. the progress you should celebrate. Um, capitalize on that feedback because it's something to celebrate and acknowledge. You're not probably always going to get feedback on everything you do, so when you get that feedback it probably means that it's it's good and it's there for a reason. You're receiving it for a reason. Yes. Absolutely, yes. Because if you're just a all-star and you have no imperfections, then what's the point of feedback? <laughs> you're not going to need it. Okay, <laughs> let's sum it up. Um, allow yourself to receive constructive criticism in a humble manner without becoming defensive to the feedback. It is then that you will be able to grow and develop both personally and professionally. If you're a leader or a manager or just giving feedback in general, remember the three-by-three rule and that without feedback, there is little to no growth. That's it. That's all. Okay. We'll see you back next time to talk about the networking mastery, so building business connections for success. Looks like Em has a lot to say about this. She's getting excited. (laughs) All of these topics make me excited, but there's more that... I could just talk on day and day and day and day after day after day after day after day. After day. Sorry. Okay. No. Good yeah. stuff. Networking is going to be a fun one, so make sure you come back next week. And hopefully we'll have your book by then so we can start reading Atomic if not, Habits. I don't even know who to contact or where to do. Like, I know you can sum- submit a complaint. Um and I'm shocked I haven't done that by now because I usually have like a threshold of tolerance of like when things aren't coming. Hmm. But I think I just have. Like, Life's been busy, I guess. That's what I was just going to say, right? And I not that it's not a priority on my list, but it's one of those yeah. I don't have enough energy to spend fighting with like an Amazon rep not mm-hmm. to call out. Where, company. Where, I think I already called it out earlier. <laughs> where I'm getting it from, but. I just, I don't even know what's going on or where it got lost. So, well, to be continued, but no, I'll finally have it. And then we can get kicking on that and we can put that also within our material. So, And then stay tuned for our fun surprise that we're going to bring next episode of the little tiny red book. Okay. Get excited. (laughs) Bye. (laughs) 